This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Fair warning, SC Report listeners, you're going to be talked to tonight by two people that don't own Nico Hines as of last week. It was a tough round. I uh, thought we were going pretty strong, but Stilesy, you and I, uh, yeah, had to sit back and watch 180 points get dropped on us. Well done to everyone but us, basically. Yep, basically. And by sit back and watch, you mean sit back and watch 10 minutes of the second half and then turn it <laughs> off and go and do something else, then that's 100% accurate. It was a well, as like you. I mean, I switched off at halftime as maybe I'm just a closet dragons fan and can't stand to see the second halves. But turned it off, and I had to bring in Ben Hunt because Jamal Fogarty, my boy, was out injured. Thank you for your mail, by the way. And you I thought were the I one and only person I thought of when I tweeted that he nearly he nearly got the um exclamation point just for you. I would have hoped to have seen it. I nearly missed it too, thankfully. And then I, I thought I'd you know the only one I can do is Ben Hunt. I was hundred k short of, of Nico, and I thought okay, last minute trade. I'll bring Big Bad Bunty in my favourite of a Bronco. I thought halftime, how good is this? He's on like sixty higher than mine. Switched off. Uh, I thought it was a glitch when I opened the app. What a, what a game by the big fella. I mean, you were saying off air there was a few reasons you didn't go. Yeah, um, when when lockout ended last round, first one in, captain straight on him and then started buying into the narrative of maybe he's a bit slow coming back from the calf. He's got the buy in a couple of weeks. His price won't change before then, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's one of those obvious in hindsight things or, or hindsight. Um, yeah, nice. Thank but, you. Yeah, yeah, Where, is Where is he? Where is he? I've got form after um, my COVID layoff for sure. Well, I was going to say, mate, you've been in the wars. Um, I thought it was like seven or eight times, but it's somehow only two times you've been knocked down with COVID. But uh, I keep forgetting it exists or someone like you brings it up. Are you all, all on the mend? Yeah, for the most part. And it probably feels like seven or eight because the, um, the boosters and that tend to knock me around a little bit as well, but just number two on the actual um, actual scoreboard, but feeling, feeling pretty good now and got to watch some footy while I was uh, laid out on the couch for the most part. Very good, and we talked off air, Magic Round, not too far away. What's that, Round 9, and you're coming up for it. Should be uh, should be an absolute crack. You've got the green light, so uh, COVID's behind you. You can't ever get that again, and nothing but uh, up here. Same for you, Supercoach, mate. Where, uh, where are you currently ranked? So ranked about 20K. Um, looking at my team, nothing looks glaringly wrong, but just haven't really moved the needle in the last few weeks, and not having Heinz definitely didn't help that cause, but... Um, I think there's still a solid foundation to build on, and we're only at round four, so plenty of time to go. 
Exactly right. And I'm about the same, 25K or so, but a long way from, I think it was 70,000th at one point. So flying, um, flying every week. But how many trades actually, just before we get into the main uh, meat of the pod, how many trades you got left before this week? Uh, before this week, I think I've already done my trades. So either 39 or 41. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I've got 40, um, 40 before trades. Yeah, it must, must be 41 then. I've used two boosts though, and that's we've got a sort of a topic to get into later in the pod, and that's about the the using of using of the boosts. How many have you gone through so far out of the five? Just the one. Oh god, oh, mate, you're savvier than I. I had to bloody wasted on bunt last week, but anyway, um, not a good use of the boost. Oh, I'm sure I'll look back fondly on that one, but anyhow, it's big pod tonight. That we got the round five teamless Tuesday news. A couple of surprise ins as I was doing the uh, mail or the uh, analysis this afternoon. So a couple of names I didn't think I'd see there, and a couple that are coming back a little bit early. We get through those. We'll talk about some of the hot trade topics. Obviously, Nico right at the very top of that. Uh, so he features, I guess, heavily throughout the podcast. I'm sure. I don't really want to say his name, but we've got to. Uh, and then a couple of others. Everyone's talking about Heinz, but there's a fair few other names that uh, either they're on the bubble cheapies or they're guns at centre wing. There's people that are flying at second row. So we're going to go through a few options there. If you, by chance, have the luxury of not having to break your side apart to bring in big bad Nico Heinz. So, Stars, without further ado, let's get into the Teamless Tuesday news. Yeah, I mean, it's a mad scramble. If you've been listening this year, it's a mad scramble. Every time I would, like open up a segment, I'm fumbling around trying to find a uh, trying to find a sound. But look, if anyone else out there has some sounds I can use, throw them my way. We were on a very primitive system here. I mean, I'd give it a three out of ten. Um, and I mean, I was speaking to the mailman himself. You're quite uh, super coach famous, so I don't know. Maybe it's nerves getting to me. Oh, no. mate, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, before we get into it all, we always shout you out, mate. You are the mailman, of course. Uh, Twitter handle A Styles Author. I think I finally got that right after five yep. years. And all the late <laughs> breaking news, everything you need to know. If you don't have Twitter, download it and follow Adam Styles. He styles, mate. You're the you're trigger. Fi- I've seen it in action. The having the teamless news up and tweeted within seconds, like it's pretty phenomenal. You've got it down, Pat. Yeah, I've got the system all sorted, but I don't know what people imagine or if at all when I'm doing this, if I'm just sitting on the couch, but often I'm mid-conversation or at dinner with the wife or friends or (laughs) out and about, and I just pretty much stop what's going on and just excuse myself for a minute and try and figure things out, so... Your fans can't uh, can't wait, mate. They, I think you're you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand fans eagerly following every uh, every tweet you make. So thank you for your service. And yeah, as always, A Styles author, get onto him. All right, first game up: Roosters and Para, who have featured in a lot of Thursday night games. They get another one here at Allianz. Uh, not too much in the way of Roosters news. So Jar- uh, Jared. Big uh, Joey Manu out with that suspension, so he's out for a week and probably resting his face up a little bit here. Drew Hutchison comes in for him, not too relevant there. Um, Tedesco, he's sort of been middling around. I think a lot of people turfed him last week. Are you a, a former owner? Yes, I'm a former owner, and I um, I got rid of him for Reese Walsh last week, and I don't don't regret it so far. I mean, I thought the game where he got 60 last was round three, best game of the season, but coincided with JWH being back. So the forwards are a little bit stronger or a lot stronger when he's there. Uh, so another game to sort of get that on that front foot and play 
as Tedesco plays best. But for me, I think a lot he's in a lot of people's rear view mirror. So we're going to kind of watch this game and hope that he uh, continues to to tumble down. Uh, Brandon Smith named at hooker. Uh, he was benched last week for or last round for Hutchison and Turpin or maybe Turpin. Uh, so this round gets hopefully all the niggles out of the way for him. Another one in the rear view mirror, I think. Um, anyone in this Rooster side? I've got, we've got a name highlighted that we'll get into. Uh, a bit later in the trade talk, but anything else in this rooster side catching the eye for you? Not really. Um, we'll talk about the main one later, but they're all pretty flat across the park with their scoring, like everything. And I guess that's what happens when you've got a good, lot of guns in the side, but everything's pretty evenly distributed amongst everybody. So no one's really standing out as they normally are. Not too sure whether you're across any Angus Crichton mail. I know there was some talk he might be looking at a round seven return, which would be quite early uh, based on what we've been hearing. But any news on him? Yeah, he's um, he's back at training, which is a really good step. Um, he, he met with um, the club, I think it was last week, and was planning out sort of a four or five week um, return to play, which would put him around sort of round seven or eight. So Things are all looking uh, pretty positive for him and um, the flow-on effects would be one of the uh, butchers surely drops out and based on current form, probably Egan. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Nat, Nat actually is the second highest Roosters averaging player. He's around 65 points a game. And you think for the stars that they have in the side, that's uh, quite surprising. So keep an eye out on Angus Crichton over the next couple of weeks. Parramatta, on the other hand, still a little bit um, short of depth in the forward packs. They lose... Junior Paolo this week with uh, that horrible tackle he put on last round. Almost cost him the game. He's out for two weeks. Wiramu Greg, ex-Cowboy player, gets his first starting spot in the NRL. Uh, relative, Yeah, he are indeed. Uh, the big fella, relatively cheap, 218k, uh, break even at 34. So not not huge uh, rotations there, super coach wise I guess the big one, Ryan Madison, back last week. I really liked what I saw out of him. Played a bit on the edge and through the middle. A name kind of forgotten a little bit about, but... Did he catch the eye and does it look like he's someone you're going to get into your side in the not-too-distant future? Yeah, for sure. The um, Eels cover a lot of the buy rounds and depending on where he's at with the um, with the Blues squad and everything, I, I think he'd be a really handy one to bring in. Um, looked really busy. Um, that's his main game now. He's making hit-ups, tackles, offloads, um, just getting amongst it. So um, I don't think he'll move too much in price, so he's probably one we'll build up to towards the buyers, again, pending his origin, but um, definitely liked what I saw of him on field. Elsewhere, you got Matt Dury on the bench again. Uh, so he came on last week. I think Hopgood went off for an HIA. They pushed Maddo to lock, and he came in at the second row. He's got a very low break even, and I think it's 11, so he will make some cash if he steps on the field. But in reading this team list, I kind of see uh, Maddo being shifted into the prop or, or even lock, whatever you want to call it, rotation at some stage, giving Dory a chance at minutes. Is that the way you're reading it as well? Yeah, I think that's how I'd see that rotation. And he, um, oh, it wasn't it a coin toss between him and Cardi at the start oh. of the season? And, how did we not go? As you and I, we bang on about Cardi. We've banged on about him for years. The Cardi party, <laughs> a fan favourite. And we just, we just ignored him. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think there was a few uh, dodgy Cardi parties in there that maybe right. um, maybe made us ignore this uh, particular invite, but he's he, he was definitely the one to pick out of the two, unfortunately. Uh, obviously, I think we both went Dury, so yep. rip. <laughs> but, you know, as, as Alex says on the pod all the time, Dury as an NRL player looks fantastic. Like, he's doing good things out there, but for Supercoach, it's Cardi and his random offloads. <laughs> 80 oh, minutes. Wild. 
It's, it's been a, a wild ride, but he continues, Cardi, that is, to get the starting spot, punching out 80 minutes, got a break even of one. He's almost, I think, over 100K in value, risen since the start of the season. So anyone that jumped on him, I think it was like 15 to 20% split each between two of them. So we're on the wrong side, but anyway, that's why we're 25K. Uh, and the other one, Brendan Hands, he had a really good debut last week, scored a try. He uh, is on the bench again. He'll spell Josh Hodgson, who was punching out 80 minutes, and that was very surprising at the start of the season, given the aging veteran that he is. But uh, yeah, Hands puts himself, puts the hands up. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I should have written, honestly, There's with a name like that, there are a million and one puns uh you could you'd need several hands to count them all but the uh yeah he should <laughs> he got 30 minutes last week not sure if that'll be the same rotation but he played really really well uh anything else in that canvas in the Parramatta side mate no nothing really standing out um I wouldn't really be tempted by Wiramu Greg um it's um Barlow's only missing those two matches I think his main um claim to super coach relevance I think it's uh Ben the uh, Super Coach Sponge, uh, shout out to him. I think his team names are Wiramu Trades Gone. So that's <laughs> the peak of his uh, relevancy at the moment, I think. Pun territory. All righty, moving on to the next game. And the, the Mighty Raiders, well, they've the, been a bit uh, ordinary so far this season. They come up against the Penrith side who, uh, yeah, it was a tough old match last week, but I'm not sure whether what's going on with, with the Panthers here. But... Might be a game that their season starts to turn around somewhat here, but five o'clock in Canberra for the Raiders. Uh, not a hell of a lot doing for Supercoach so far this season. Jordan Ruppiner is back this week, uh, so that'll provide some level of stability into the back line. They do lose Jack Whiten, though, who's been very hot and cold. That He's replaced by Matt Frawley, and Fogarty is back from his stomach bug that forced him out of my sight. Uh, the other one's Tom Starling. You would know this very well from the late mail. Constantly named on the bench. Swaps out for Zach Wolford in the game day mail. Do you know what the go is with some of these coaches and their random benchings and all this stuff that goes on every single week? What's what's the what's the go there? Why do they do it? I've just stopped reading into the uh, Raiders altogether with Sticky. Um, it's I just expect changes in the pack every single week. And with Starling, it's either he's starting and benched or vice versa. Um, real Kurt Mann vibes um, from mm. last season where he'd be named at lock every week and end up on the bench. Um, part of it, I think, is just mind games when it's one off. Others, I'm not sure if it's to spur players into action or whatever, but when you do it every single week, uh, you've just got to wonder what, what the thought process is to continually name the players. I don't know if they've got a favourite or superstitious jersey number that they just want to cling to and then have on that. the bench. But, mm. um, yeah, had it, heard that the, into it sometimes. The jersey didn't fit a player or something like that. They needed, yeah, superstitious about a number. Who knows? But either way, it's a little bit annoying and makes uh, your tweets a little bit more detailed. But anyway, uh, Josh Papali's named in the starting side. He was named there last week, but bumped back to the bench for I think it was Solo on game day. So no doubt that'll happen again. Wouldn't read too much into that. But otherwise, uh, there's still a few guys to come back for them. They are Seb Chris, probably not a fullback and struggling there a little bit. But yeah, they're, I don't know, they're trying. That's about all you can say. But getting pumped by the Knights, not good signs for them. Penrith, on the other hand, they, uh, yeah, a little bit scratchy by their standards so far this season. Went down to Parra, gave them their first win. 
Golden Point last week nearly uh, pulled it out of the fire, but they're relatively settled. The only change for them is Matt Eisenhuth um, being dropped from the bench for uh, or off the bench, I think, for Lindsay Smith. You got uh, Scotty Sorensen in the starting side as well. No Liam Martin or Luke Garner uh, this week. Garner, I think, it was a hammy. He's uh, out for a week at least, and I'd suggest if you've still got him for Supercoach, now's the time to punt. Oh, there is no reason to hold on to him. And uh, how good was Hosking, eh? Um, Huge. Ex-Bronco. Let him go. Yes. I was very excited to see him get a run and was quietly hoping he won it in the uh, pre-season. One, as a former Broncos boy, um, getting a start. And two, he um, has this sort of game in him and really got to showcase what he's got. And I think Garner might have a really hard time breaking back into that side when he's back. Um, particularly after a few suspect showings in those opening couple of rounds. Had some good plays, but had some absolute howlers in him as well. It was maybe one game, I think, where he got close to the line quite a few times, might have even gotten across and could have had a really big game. But otherwise, he's just been rotated out for Jamin Salmon, who's floating on the bench here. So not sure. I assume he's going to take some of Scott Sorensen's minutes and leave Hosking to the 80. That's the hope. Uh, But yeah, Garner just too scratchy and was not a good start for those that bought in. So unfortunately, yeah, I mean, it's a good time as any to move him on. Won't drop in price. So take the cash and run. Uh, Sonny Luke is out as well for this game. He is stood down, I guess, under that new protocol, the 11-day stand-down policy now for Cat 1 head knocks. So he'll be back next week. So a little bit frustrating for owners, I guess. He got through maybe, what, five, ten minutes last week. So we'll still make some cash on return, but uh, a little bit frustrating if you've still got him in your Supercoach side. Uh, Mitch Kenny, number one buy this week, do you reckon? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I hear 30, uh, his 30s in 80 minutes, I think, um, last season when he was um, taking over for Arthur in a, a few starts. Um, horrible PPM. Yep, mate. You know, so did Wade, Wade Egan had that. We all talked about Wade Egan and look what happened. This is just to pull it out of the fire. Mitch Kenny, number one hooker in the game so far this week. Uh, anyone else in Penrith land that you're keeping an eye on? No, the main one's just Hosking, I guess, to see if he can keep it up. Um, just in general, how good was that match um, Thursday night? Panthers how, good is, how good is the whole NRL then? Like, you can probably... oh, the whole round. I re- there was so many good games last week, which was a good one where I was just sitting down watching pretty much all of them. So there was there was a lot of classics, a lot of close ones, a lot of couple of one-pointers. So just hmm. great quality. Now, if you count on one Brendan Hand, how many bad games there have been so far this season. It's been an absolute cracking start to the year. Alrighty, Souths and yeah, that's the that's the soundbite for this week, mate. We like mixing it up on the SC report here. Souths and Melbourne uh, should be an absolute cracker again. A, a couple of sides that have been a little bit patchy so far this season, Melbourne especially. But uh, home game for the Bunnies. They start with uh, Kaloa Matungi moving back to the edge. He did play through the middle last week, given all the outs that they had. Uh, but Hamo Selly, big big return for them on the bench should firm up their pretty depleted forward stocks. So for now, it's a Saluka Fafita, Tom Burgess prop combination and Kalamatangi back to the edge. Uh, I know Rabbitohs are another team that shuffles around their side on game day. So, I mean, are we likely to see Cheekham, uh, super coach favorite who's on the bench? Are we likely to see him come into the side? Are you seeing anything with this team list that you reckon you'll be tweeting on Friday night? Uh, Saluka Fafita bench for insert someone. Um, I said last week in the actual article before any of that happened, just lock it in for him going to the bench. Um, 
So I, yeah, it'll be Cheekham, it'll be Mawali, it'll be Sele. Like just pick one of them, and someone's going to be starting at prop. <laughs> yeah, how, I mean, how's, how's Jacob Host getting a starting second row spot again? He got through, I think, twenty-seven minutes last week. He's named at start again. I'm not sure what the rotation is that they're thinking with him. Uh, any read on on him for Supercoach? I'd say please steer clear. Oh yeah, just steer clear. Um, I hadn't looked at his minutes or thought about him much at all, to be honest. Um, no, well, it's just a strange <laughs> a placeholder until Jai Arrow returns. Not on the team sheet, so yeah. he's still battling away. I think it's the was it the Hammy for him. So uh, hopefully for Origin's sake and the Bunnies, he's not too far away. And I know Alex Johnson picked up a little niggle last week. Uh, Cork, I think it was pronounced uh, on game day. So I don't know whether any news out of him, but as always, follow Adam Styles on Twitter. As it gets closer to game day, you got Taff or Tane Milne on the extended reserves who could come in for AJ should that be a serious injury. Uh, anything else for the Bunnies? No, just uh, Kaloa Matangi. How, how good's he been? Unreal. Rounds, just everything we thought um, Karen Murray was going to be, really. Mm. Um, dangerous in attack, just pumping out um, work rate. He's um, He's been phenomenal. And that haircut um, just... <laughs> <laughs> rivaling Nico Hines for the best main in the game. Mate, and now that I've nudged 30, I am uh, yeah holding on to dear life to the scalp uh, covering. So if, you know, I look now and you think about all the old people who said, oh, if I had hair, I would never do it, wear it like that. Well, now I'm one of those old people. So Kalamatangi, <laughs> sort that rubbish out. But maybe it gives him his superpowers to pump through 80 minutes at prop. <laughs> Unreal. But Kalamatangi, I know Alex is very high on him. Doesn't own him for supercoach, though, so there you go. Uh, for Melbourne, on the other hand, uh, again, relatively settled, although Jonah Peze, big watch here, gets his third game at halfback, break-even of minus 82. Fills in one more week at least for Jerome Hughes, who's out suspended, comes back next round. Uh, other than that, the only one I was surprised at here was uh, Bronson Garlic getting the 14 uh, and Tom Eisenhuth in 17, pushing out uh, Tyron Wishart all the way to extenders. Wishart, probably the more favoured utility so far this season. I only got six minutes last week. Does that give you hope, I guess, as a Peze prospective owner, that he could see the 14 jersey next week? Yeah, there's a chance, and he's definitely played his way into it. The Peze parte has definitely uh, rivaled the Cardi, uh, the Cardi <laughs> party for um, being electric on the field. He's just Love fantastic. Um, so I can definitely see a world where he retains um, some sort of role in that side off the bench, which obviously means his shelf life is a cheapier pretty limited, but you might eke out another couple of price rises. I think he should go out about 100K this week and maybe another sort of 30, 40, 50 if he can retain that bench roll. But then you'd want to move him on after that, maybe to Hines after his buy round. Those two coincide pretty well. It's just whether you'd want to spend two trades to do that. Yeah, I mean, as I've said to you, I've blown through a fair few trades, but the notion of a minus 82 uh, break-even Halfback coming in. If you just can hold firm on Heinz, and I will talk about him later, but yeah, what a, a huge amount of cash to grab pretty early on in the season. So he'll be a, an interesting play this week if you've got the luxury. Um, otherwise, I mean, Tarek Sims, we, knew, we thought coming back he was going to play through the middle. That's what he's done. So freeing up Luyero and Katoa for 80 minutes, which is really handy, uh, particularly for the Katoa owners because he's the more relevant. But uh, nice to see. I think he's, he's brought a few good things to that Storm pack. But Again, relatively settled. There's, uh, yeah, so Will Warbrick still there. You've got George Jennings on the extendeds for, the, I think, the first time this season. So 
yeah. uh, potential uh, time running out for Warwick, but he was really good last week. I don't think you played him, did you? Uh, I, was, I was trying to bring him in. Um, I didn't realise I hadn't shuffled my cheapy roulette. Um, went to bring him in, got locked out by about one minute. Um, went with uh, Hammer, who didn't have a horrible score, but uh, it's still a couple of points left on the table. But, yeah, George Jennings, I think he played um, Rezzy's last round just to get some juice in the legs, um, and now he's on the extended. And we've got our first uh, uh, Jack Howarth sighting as well. There he is. As well, who's sort of faded into obscurity over the last few rounds. But um, interesting to see his name pop up on the extended bench. Hmm. I mean, Nelson Asopa Solomon is out for, I think, until round 10. So there's a chance there's plenty of spots open in this forward pack. Um, I think it's been good for Josh King. Actually, Josh King's been a surprise packet in terms of minutes on the park. Scores a little bit up and down, but I think one was an in, like a heat-affected game. But Joshy King doing really good stuff at lock. So uh, Storm, they don't look a horrible side on paper, but they just need some combinations to gel. Um, but yeah, Will Warbrick, Will Warbrick was going to say, you're probably spending too much time for your Twitter uh, followers, making sure that you get the mail out, and then you neglect your own side. Like It's a huge sacrifice, Styles. You'd be number one. Uh, if you devoted all your attention to, <laughs> to fixing things, because I swear every year there's, you have these little mishaps. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't put this down to mail. It was just me. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing or thinking. Famously, I uh, had that Bradman best debacle a couple of seasons ago um, that led to a sound grab that I'm pretty glad uh, doesn't seem to have transferred over to this soundboard. But yeah, I've got one of those in me for sure. Was it that one? Wasn't that one? Wasn't uh, well, you got me to sing Simply the Best. Oh, of course. Well, there you go. We've done away with the uh, post-pod uh, sing-off, so maybe we'll bring it back fan favourite segment. And bring it back for Alex next week. If there you go. On. Great voice, old Alex. Manly and the Knights. Uh, it should be an interesting game here. You've got Four Pines Park, so Turbo's home. Uh, so for Manly, uh, relatively unchanged side outside of Morgan Harper coming in for uh Kula, who's out with uh i think it's a knee injury so should see a couple of um, yep. weeks out for that or a month actually with that one so the big morgan harper coming back in uh again 452k somehow super coach completely irrelevant uh otherwise a relatively stable side sean keppy still in jersey 17 but doing good things if you know i could rank him in terms of my cheapies there's been a lot of duds so far this year mawale probably at the top and i don't know if you own him but he's more than a comfortable hold for now. I had him. He was in my preseason team uh, all preseason until he uh, swapped to the bench on uh, game day for his match. And um, given his historically poor PPM, I thought, oh, no, that's him done. But I brought in Moali, um, and I definitely regret that now. <laughs> it's not been a, not quite translated. All these outs, you thought Moale is going to benefit hugely, but not to be. So it's, uh, as Alex says, he's 19 or 20. Thereabouts, so they're just easing him in. Uh, the only other change for Manly is Lockie Croker back in, which should be a decent boost for them. They did have uh, Carl Lawton there last week, splitting time with KO Weeks. So Lawton's out of the side or in, onto the extendeds, and Weeks retains his utility jersey. So, I mean, there's one big name here, and that's Tommy Turbo. It's one of those games, afternoon at Four Pines Park, where there are no Nico Hines. This is as safe a captaincy as you could get, right? Yeah, tur- Turbo at home. Uh in most scenarios, is an auto-captaincy. So definitely, if you don't have Heinz, um, Turbo is pretty much lock and load. Um, I haven't looked at the weather, so just 
keep weather in mind. But if it's looking like a dry track at Four Pines, just lock and load. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those plays. You, I think everyone's going to be on Hines who owns him, but and everyone's going to be VCing Turbo. So keep an eye out for any really terrible auto emergencies that you have because that could be a huge, uh, huge issue. But yeah, what a pot it would be if you just straight seed the big Turbo. I'm sure people will. Uh, anything else on them before we go to the Knights? No, I think you've covered all the main ones, mate. For the Knights, still waiting on a lot of forwards to come back. Tyson Frizzell gets named in the starting second row spot, was named there uh, in Jersey 22, got on the park last week and played okay, got in a few little push and shoves with the Raiders, which was nice to see. Uh, But otherwise, they're just waiting for some forwards to come back. Leo Thompson retains the 10 jersey. Jack Johns, mighty Jack Johns, bumps out. Poor old Kurt Mann, who got concussed to uh, next week last round. Not a good, uh, unfortunate news for him. He just seems to keep racking them up. Uh, but otherwise, the big one, Greg Marju, got a start last week, bumped uh, Dom Young out of the side completely last round. He's there again, but Dom Young's in jersey 20. Might just be window dressing there. But Marju, hard to drop on that form. Really liked what he did. Uh, what do you see long-term for him? It's hard to tell, really. Um, like you said, he, well, he was another one. In, I, I was committed to him until he didn't appear on uh, TLT. So... And it just goes back every season. We we know he, he's got a really super coach friendly game, but always finds himself out of the team for one reason or another. Um, I think he that just makes him a little bit hard to trust, particularly with, I know Dom Young's off to the Roosters, but just the shadow of him there. Um, one, I know they had a pretty good win last round. The Raiders sort of played him into form really um, as, a, as a club. Um, I think he'd just be a little bit too hard to trust. Um, having said, like, he bagged a double, just always looks great in attack. He does, yeah, and playing on that Gagai side it seems to get the ball all the time. So, like the shape and the way that Lockie Miller and, and all that uh, linked with him was really good. Um, I'm going to name two players here. They're the top two in the 5-8 rankings. Cam Munster and Dylan Brown goes without saying. Who do you reckon is number three? Average, highest averaging supercoach 5-8 so far this season. Um, well, it's definitely not Dewey. <laughs> it is Tyson Gamblay, the big gamblord. Tyson, Gam- I'll, I'll tell you what um, lives rent-free in my head. That gif of him doing that um, Conor McGregor walk in Broncos colours for his um, his player intro. Oh, nice. I don't know if you know that one off top. don't yeah. know, but I can picture it. <laughs> that <Yeah>. same look <laughs> on... Tyson's face, but there you go. In in we talk about it being a pretty horrible position, but he's outscored Adam Dewey. Uh, he's only oh, by a couple of points, it must be said. But there you go, Tyson Gamble, the superstar for the last couple of rounds. But uh, he gets another chance at the six jersey with Jackson Hastings. Um, one thing I saw last week was Lockie Miller taking the kicking over from Jackson Hastings. Really interesting play. Hastings missed a couple. Yeah. Uh, any mail on whether that's a long term thing now that Pong is not in the side? Uh, not that I've seen, but um, I guarantee someone will ask Barry Tui that during the week and he'll retweet it, uh, retweet it. So I'll keep an eye on his feed and try and find something out. There you go. Doing Lakey's work for him. He'll appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Dragons and the Dolphins. This one is uh, an enigma of a game. The Dolphins are having some luck with the way games. Got the Knights first up and then they had the now they've got the Dragons. So a couple of sides not going the right way. For St. George, they had one good game and then it's back-to-back horrible second half. So they're completely written off in terms of super coach in my eyes. 
Jack Bird, named at lock last week, was bumped to the bench. He's named at lock here. But the interesting one is Jack DeBellin in Jersey 22. First time he's made the team list. Um, may come in on game day or get eased in off the bench. Literally the only name that I was keen to keep an eye on was Jack Bird. Randomly scores huge at lock, but without the guaranteed 80 minutes or thereabouts, there's not a lot to love from either him or anyone in this Dragon side. What are your thoughts? Oh, I absolutely agree. Um, Bird getting benched last week sort of came out of nowhere. Um, mm. He's not played. I can't say I've watched him too closely. Like when uh, they played the Mighty Bronx, I only had eyes for one side, so I didn't pay too much attention to him, but that was a little bit surprising. And um, DeBellin is being tipped to come into the side on game day. Um whether it's straight into the starting side or off the bench, he should feature somewhere. But um, rotations are a bit concerning, um, just in general. Like you could, you could see Bird go to the edge and BMM to the bench with Debellin at lock. You could see him go to prop with Molo to the bench. You could see him at. You, you could see anything. I don't know yep. what's going on there. <laughs> yep, it's Mary McGregor's returned and he's. <laughs> Embodied the yeah the old mate uh, Hook, who doesn't look long for the coaching world at this stage. But BMM, or Murdoch Masilla, just he might be one of the worst cheapies so far this season. He has a points per minute of around 0.4, which is terrible. Is constantly named to start and has made in the space of three weeks at 237K, he has made a grand total of $2,000. So if you talk oh. about <laughs> like super coach cheapies, 8% ownership. So not the least popular option at the time and, yeah, has done absolutely nothing. But you know what? Surely we'll fall over the line. We always say with these sort of guys like the war bricks and that, if they're 230K, don't bother getting rid of them. <laughs> they will somehow find the line and make a bit of cash. BMM, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but thank God I didn't buy into him. You'd almost want him to just nuff out so you've got a dual position guy you can fling around and you don't have to worry about his uh, dreadful scoring. It'll come and haunt you at the back end of the year with a you know Jersey yeah. seventeen four minute stint. Yeah, <laughs> you won't a, be able to pin a it. style one in one uh, minute, um, yep. just to kill a couple of year loops. <laughs> Bitter old point. super coaches we are. The Dolphins. Speaking of uh, yeah, great side here, Dolphins surprise packet of the season. We've talked about it week after week, and almost had the game last week. Were it not for Anthony Milford uh, giving the Broncos one last win in his career didn't quite end his career there as he would have hoped so he thought you know what i'm going to give them a win at their house their home uh when i get up there uh, for the far away game at suncorp stadium mm. you guys have had four uh games at suncorp out of five it's been a bit remarkable start to your season and you get the tigers this week we'll get into that but anyway it's finn's territory now uh jack bostock comes in for his first game uh tessie new out with a knee injury i think he's slated to come back in round eight so should give bostock who is a relatively popular name in the preseason a chance to make a little bit of value Connolly Lemuelo again gets a start he's a huge trading target this week starts at second row where he's playing around 80 minutes so good signs for him Herman SASA named it prop starting prop ahead of Wallace and Nichols which I was surprised at but Herman gets his first game for the season coming off a peck injury so hopefully all healed up and then Isaiah Katoa named again uh, was named last week missed the game with an elbow injury but should hopefully suit up in the sixth jersey, although Wayne said he's basically a halfback, so ignore the big MILF and his seven. Uh, Finns, a lot to love about them. In terms of Supercoach, what are you looking at? Um, I guess the main one's Lemuelo. Um, 
looking good on the edge. He looks busy. He's probably going to get the dual positioning come round six, um, center wing only, but he should get that second row. The only concern would be um, Cal Fawcett coming back um, after his suspension. Uh, what does that look like? Because you've got Bromwich. I know he's played a bit through the middle, but um, it'll just be interesting to see how that pack looks um, when Cal Fawcett returns. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised to see Kbrom named at prop last week before Kalfusi was uh, suspended. So maybe that's the that's the sign of Bennett showing his cards. I really, I think Lemuel has played that well that it'd be hard to bench him or take time away. So get a couple of weeks anyway to start while uh, Kalfusi gets his time on the sideline. But yeah, real real gun and um, showed some glimpses at the cows, getting a chance now, which is good to see. A lot of ca- ex cows actually and ex Broncos doing well in new colors one of them actually Jermaine Asako uh, assume you might be haunted as a um, probably former Asako owner at some various stage of your super coach career and ex-bronco but the man just seemingly does no wrong yeah I've got a lot of love for him I was a fan of him at the Broncos I know he's got a few errors in his game um, but he he's looked he's looked great um, in a side that we thought was not going to have a lot of attack in them um, They've definitely shown that they do, and he's been a big part of that. And just his his goal kicking um, is always a thing of beauty. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, nails them. So, yes, a lot of strings to his bow. And finally, Anthony Milford, uh, super coach by now that <laughs> Sullivan's out for three months. Oh, yeah. I uh, can't go wrong at uh, mid 400Ks for uh, the MILF. Dual positioning, uh, just getting the bad kicks out of the way early. But there you go. I would love to see him in Wilf's side at some point. If, uh, you know, Wilf, you're in the high 50Ks or something in a few weeks, just bring him in for the lols. Got to do it. All right, let's take a quick break, Stars, and then come back, run through the rest of the teams, and then get into trades. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Alrighty, rounding out Saturday night with a Bronco Tigers blockbuster at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, Broncos, again, I think it's the third week in a row where you've named the same side. I think Corey Oates was your last injury. He's uh, still got a little way to go, but not really much doing in terms of Supercoach. You have had a very blessed 2023 thus far. Have you bought grand final tickets? Oh, Kevolution, baby. Um, I was, after that first win, I tweeted a picture of Kevy just celebrating um and i've started trotting that out every week now and it's gotten way more uh, use than i would have thought over the first month um given a couple of tough games but yeah everyone's um 
in good health at the moment. Obviously, uh, Arthur's on the wing. That was probably the main thing from a couple of weeks ago. But now the boys are looking good, feeling good about the season. It certainly are, peaking a little bit too early for my liking. But Kevy's such a nice bloke. It's hard to uh, hate the Broncos as much as I do. And you see his little smiling face in the coach's box. So, anyway, good he to see for them. He's happy to be there, eh? Like, he just <laughs> legitimately looks like he's a kid living out his childhood dream, really. I mean, absolutely. I mean, he doesn't. He did look like he didn't belong there for quite some time and that he didn't know what he was doing. But uh, good on him, serving out his childhood dream. But doing good things, I have to give you guys credit. Four from four, you're flying. Uh, so, again, not much for Supercoach. Go to the Tigers for them. Uh, they've somehow named the same spine from last week in a rare show of consistency from uh, big uh, Kevy Walters, from big Tim Sheens. <laughs> Kevy can do uh, can do everything. So, for them, Adam Dewey again at fullback. So, it was okay last week against the Storm, but gets another chance there. Uh, still a little bit scratchy for my liking. Um, they'd swapped Brent Naden around annoyingly. He went to the right last week, Kapoa to the left. Naden got zero ball and did terribly for a super coach. My, probably me and a thousand other people that own him. Brandon Wakeham on the cheapy bubble this week. We'll talk about him a bit later, but gets another another shot in the starting six jersey. Otherwise, John Bateman, there was some talk about him being potentially carrying an injury, a mystery injury. Do you know anything about that? Oh, he's that's been the story of his whole time at the Tigers, hasn't it? Um just mystery injuries and why is he held back and all that kind of thing. So uh, who knows, really? Yep. He, no. he looked in that last game, but nearly cracked the ton. He did, yeah. I mean, between him and Isaiah Papali, there's super coach uh, potential, huge potential there, as we know. But they're in the Tigers side. Any other team, and you might warrant a, a look at them. But, yeah, this Tiger side is just... Just ordinary. Jack Simpkin makes it onto the bench, pushing uh, poor old Sean Bloor, Joe Fahengawe and Dane Laurie. All three of them are on the extended reserves. Some pretty handy names there, but clearly not doing enough for Sheensy's liking. And Justin Matamua, cheap him named to make his debut in the 16 jersey. So I think for Supercoach, is, is there any reason to either jump on a Tiger or hold on to the likes of Dewey if you've still got him? Oh, he's he's hard. He's he was such a preseason darling and opened up mm. really well. He's got that struggling with that turf toe. They've moved him to fullback. There's just a lot happening there. Uh, a lot of uncertainty with him, which I think is the kicker. Um, I'd like to hold him, um, but when you've got all these gun five eights kicking around and he's losing cash and struggling with his toe and being shuffled around the spine uh, in a very ordinary side. It's a pretty tough hold. Um, the only interesting one for mine, um, Matamua, uh, he has a pretty super coach friendly game and he showed a bit of that in the preseason. If he somehow with all this movement finds his way at starting lock with maybe Pole on the bench or something uh, on game day, if he can lock down that position and get to his price rises, he could be pretty interesting, but um, one for a few weeks' time at an absolute minimum and not much else to like, really. Um, you've got Papali E, and who's going to bottom out at some stage, but do you bring him in with how they're going at the moment? Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. And somehow through all this, uh, Brooksy just holds down that number seven. <laughs> Moses is out of the way. Now the next best halfback, Luke Brooks, contract saga coming up for renewal. But yeah, no, it's a, it's just a super coach death at the moment. Uto Kamana is the only only one I own at this stage. And even here, you'd think in a bench that contains 
Startoa and Jake Simpkin, the man, will get a big minute game, but won't. He'll he'll see 30 minutes somehow and they'll shift, I don't know, Brent Naden to prop. (laughs) (laughs) Just doing weird stuff. But anyway, good on you, Sheenzy. Alrighty, Sunday games, Sunday points bet stadium, Cronulla Sharks and New Zealand Warriors. This is the big one uh, for Heinz owners and non-owners alike. What are we going to see here? It's going to be a huge watch for Cronulla. Stable side for them, uh, not a hell of a lot doing. Uh, Braden Trindle named on the 17 jersey, so just needs to step onto the park to make a bit of value. Minus 39 break even. He was there last year a fair bit, got around 20, 25 minutes a game, so not sure where exactly they'll play him. But those that have held on so far will just be begging for one more, one or two more games for the big uh, Trindle. But uh, we'll see what happens come game day. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, last week it was just all about how much better the side looked with Heinz in. So they get to name the luxury of the same sort of side from last week. Uh, maybe we just skip them and talk about Heinz later. Yeah, I think he'll feature in our uh, yeah. in our trade talk. <laughs> Yeah, on to the Warriors. It must be said they're a little bit of a sterner test defensively than the Dragons likely were last week, but uh, they get a couple of interesting names. So Torhu Harris, we thought, was going to get scratched given he left the field last week with a knee injury. He's there in the 13 jersey, but all signs seem to be pointing to uh, a late scratching and such a late game in the week. What are you doing with Torhu if you own him? Oh, I... I think you'd hang on to him. I, I think it was uh, turned out it was an MCL uh, issue, not the dreaded ACL. So given that he's named, even if he's scrubbed, um, it'll probably be only a week maybe. Um, not that I'm an old physio, but like you've got him for his output and his buys, so he's still going to have those. You might just have to hang on to him for a week and obviously playing that late in the round, just chuck the reserve on him and have a backup plan if he does drop out for you to switch the reserve to someone else so you don't cop an AE. Yep. Cool. Uh, Tamara Martin goes uh, out of the side this week with concussions, are replaced by Ronald Volkman to make his Warriors debut, I believe. So he's in the six jersey. And SJ, the Renaissance man himself. Oh, how good he looked. Mate, you wouldn't believe I messaged a group chat about, oh, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes into the game last week and I said, SJ just reminding us as he did in 2018 that he's basically washed. With five minutes later, it goes and scores a, a try <laughs> that only SJ could. Although it was it a try, I don't know, let Bulldogs decide that. But yeah, there you go. I'm the kiss of uh, kiss of life, really. Is anyone else? Uh, yeah, that Chad Townsend, horrible player. <laughs> he's, he's useless. Carl nice. Fell, Jake Grandwell, all of them. Yeah, yeah, Wade Egan, big in for them as well. Uh, for Supercoach as well. You've got a fair few owners that bought into him. Missed last week with concussion, but gets named again. And looking a really good attacking weapon. Who'd have thought? It's a weird year, 2023. Uh, Jackson Ford and Yakora are the two second rowers. Big one, Ford. Last week, I'm sure you watched, but he was a pillar of strength on their line. I think he's planned himself into a pretty long-term role here. Yeah, well, um, back when he started coming through the ranks um, with the Dragons, he had big raps on him. And from memory, I think he started quite well and then just sort of faded off a bit, um, potentially owing to um, being in that pretty poor Dragon side. But he, he's looked fantastic over these first few rounds. So um, he's definitely earned that spot on merit. Um, and it isn't the worst person to bring in, depending on what else is happening in your side. Keeping Josh Curran at bay, big surprise. Jersey 18 again for Curran, fallen out of favour. Uh, Tavango not even crack the bench at the moment. Like, no. we were concerned, well, not concerned, but um, surprised that he was on the bench and now he's just gone altogether. So uh, massive fall from grace for our Curran. 
Absolutely. And then Jazz Tavanga named in the 16 jersey. Wouldn't surprise to see a swap or just straight in for Torhu on game day. Tavanga averaged about 60 points a game last year playing at lock. So in terms of super coach, he's pretty awkwardly priced at 550-odd K, but he's playing really well from the eye test. So you're a drafter. I'd suspect you've got your eye on him for that. But uh, classic-wise, maybe give a miss. Um, anything else for the Warriors? No, but just shout out to them. They're fourth on the ladder and they've been looking really good. Um, I think they've got um, some good direction from uh, coaching. Uh, they've got a few new players who have gelled really well with that side, um, playing back at home now. So just really happy for them, really. Yeah, and a really good chance for them to, I mean, they've beaten us, uh, who, who we were playing terribly, but they really turned up. They beat a dog side everyone expected would uh, roll over them after taking the early lead, but they're showing a lot of character. So Sharkies might not roll over them like they did the Dragons last round. So keen to see if they can withstand the Hines test. All righty, last, last game of the round, and it's what a blockbuster. You know what, I'll be in a uh, on a flight at this time, 6.15 Sunday, Bulldogs and Cowboys. Last time I was on a flight from Cairns was round one last year. This game was on, and it was a 6-4 absolute uh, yeah, blockbuster. <laughs> I don't know what else you want to call it. A real, real uh, that'll bring the fans in kind of game. But uh, another one at ANZ Stadium. So uh, for the Doggies, huge uh, chance for them to put on some points because we are an absolute shambles. But uh, Jake Preston, again, named at uh, the 12 jersey. No sign of uh, Pangai Jr. TPJ, so still looks a little while away. So, again, a relatively stable side, although prodigal son Josh Reynolds, jersey 14, first game for the Dogs. Rob, tw- the big good. rub since 2017. Interesting bench of Reynolds and Ockenbore. What do you make of that? I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yep, neither. So I'm not sure either, but, you know, Reynolds, every chance to score a try against our pretty uh, shattered defensive line. Max King making good minutes in TPJ's absence. So expect Pango to come back and eat into that a little bit. But with a bench that contains, as we said, Reynolds and Ockenbohr, uh seems to be a lot of minutes for this starting pack. For the Cows, there's a lot of changes here. Tom Chester on the bubble this week is a cheapie, playing his third game again at fullback. But you've got new combinations everywhere. Peter Hiku back at centre from suspension. Brendan Elliott, ever-reliable Elliott on the wing, where he'll be marking up against Jacob Carraz. So uh, a nice. fairly big test, fairly big test for him. Uh, you got Cohen Hess in partnering with Helam Lukey, who starts again for the first time in a little while. Didn't think or want to see Coey Hess at uh, second row for very long, but uh, it's round five and we still got it. And then Mitch Dunn, uh, Riley Price, uh, named on the bench Price to make his debut, son of Steve, against uh, yeah, against his former club, the Dogs. So anyway, basically for that Cowboy side, I see us giving up about 48 missed tackles, 17 line breaks and a lot of points. Anything, any other thoughts? Don't, no, mate. <laughs> Talong is um, going to be a big out uh, for you. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been real roller coaster going for your fellas in these opening few rounds. Seven line breaks a game in the last two matches. Warriors and Titans both at home, so we're just falling off tackles. It's it's terrible. Um, big one that has a chance to bounce back is Viliami Kikau this week. Break even of seventy three. He's got an average of I think forty three a game so far this season. He is due with a capital D. And he's going to be marking up on, uh, I think it, it'll be Lukey out there. you got Kyle Felt on the edge. It's, it's, there's just tackles waiting to be fallen off of, if they even get there. 
yeah, it's um, it's not looking good. And Bulldogs coming off a um, close loss, um, they're probably going to be a bit fired up for this one to bounce back. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> it'll be let's... interesting viewing on a Sunday evening, that's for sure. Thank God I'm in the air, and hopefully the Wi-Fi is down. Anyway, let's get to trades, mate. The rocker sound sounds because Nico Hines, top of the list here. We're going to talk. I mean, maybe we should spend a minute on it. The uh, is there a reason to not buy him this week? Uh, the only things to question would be his buy the following round. Um, but given that he missed the first three weeks uh, and with his one game is probably averaging close to 100 anyway, um, might not be the biggest deal. And if the Warriors can keep up their uh, more stout defense, um, they might hold him in check. But, geez, it's going to be a tough watch if you don't have him. I think exactly right. Like, I, I get the reason for avoiding him because of the price tag, and we spoke about it last week. We did not expect 180, with the calf being a seemingly an issue of the past. So it looks healthy. Uh, the Sharks are a stable side. They've got so many attacking weapons that he just feeds the ball to. Could be a long afternoon for the Warriors. Might not be as long as it was for the Dragons, as we've said. But I think with everyone moving one direction, it's a very risky one to pot against it. I think if he scores, you know, 90, 100 last week, probably better to hold fire. But we just saw in a comp that's been relatively light on in terms of huge scoring, he's just come in and immediately blitzed it. Unreal. So pot option not to go him, and he does have the buy next week, as you've said. but. Jeez, you're going to fall way behind if he has another big one here. Yeah, it feels like a uh, mental health trade. (laughs) At home, daytime game could be a big one. Big one now is actually who can you downgrade to afford him? So we're going to talk for the non-Hines owners, of which there are a fair few, but just trying to shuffle and offload a couple of guys to afford this player. Looking at a couple of names, and one's Cam Murray, top of the list and number one trade-out target this week for Supercoach, but... Cam Murray, I had a look at it. It's a stat this uh, today when I was doing the team's analysis. Passes the ball 70% of the time that he gets it. So compare that to Pat Carrigan, I used as a basis, who passes it 30% of the time. Here's the new Jerbo, as you said. I oh, had yeah. <laughs> talking off air. He's just Jerbo shovel 2.0 this season. Um, all the attacks going through Kalamatangi. Um and he's, he's not been terrible, like he's not been averaging badly, but just based on expectations. And, and he's been playing pretty big minutes too. So it's not like we should expect a minutes uptick or anything to sort of pad it out. So, yeah, he, um, he could be one on the bubble for sure. It's just been a strange year for him because normally it's the... Yeah, he does do the passing. We know that. It's not a new thing for him. But normally, it either leads to points or when he does run, he's busting tackles, throwing offloads. I think he's thrown one offload all year, busted maybe three tackles. Doesn't seem to be the Cam Murray of old. Not sure um, what the go is, but Price is in free fall, already lost 80K, break even of 80 now. We don't like trading out guns, but this seems an easy, easy play to get rid of. Yeah. The only thing to keep in mind, I guess, we, we know the Rabbitohs had a really tough schedule to open things up. So if you brought, if you brought Cameron Murray, you'd know that. Um, I know he's a forward, but I think you have to take that into consideration a little bit that the draw is going to open up soon, but you have to get to that stage with him, that's all. 
I think probably less will be more with him as well. If he can get back to only playing you know, 60 odd minutes and not having to carry this Rabbitohs pack, as we've said, a lot of outs. So the quicker they can get some cavalry like Arrow back, the more uh, the more that Cam Murray can focus on doing what he does best. But for now, it's just not a, a nice super coach friendly game for him. Um, Tarpanay was another name I had down here. Uh, probably less of a trade out. He's been, I would say, flat by his standards, like Murray, not offloading, not busting. Are you an owner? Uh, I'm not an owner. I, I actually looked at bringing him in last week um, for um, Cotter just because he was a bit low and I thought people might not be looking at him, but he's still got um, over 26% ownership. Um, he's, he's still averaging about 65. So um, you could do a lot worse at front row. His price isn't going to go too far and he does cover the buy rounds. So um, I think you'd have to have pretty much no pressing issues in your side to really think about trading him out at the stage. Um, he's got the dual position. You can fling him around a bit. Um, so I'd, I'd be inclined to not worry too much about him. I would as well. It's more just I put him there if you had zero other people, zero cash. To, to grab, I think, as you said, his price isn't going anywhere. So if you need to urgent sell someone, uh, Tarpane seems to be just a little bit stagnant by his standards. So a name you could look at. Um, the other one I had was Brian Toto. Uh, I'm just talking about net players that aren't quite kicking on as we would expect thus far that are pretty highly priced. Toto's an interesting one, doing a hell of a lot of work, but not the usual sort of bust and all that. It's been the Taruva show. Um, I mean, neither of them have scored a great deal of tries, but as a Brian Tyre owner, he's clogging up my centre wing with some middling kind of scores by his stretch. Yeah, um, his form sort of going along with the Panthers early in the season, um, playing on that right edge. Everyone was hoping for the left. Um, and looking at the averages, like that 84 from 2021, definitely is starting to seem like an outlier for him. Um, his averages this season is currently 56, 2022, 59, 2020, 59, 2019, 57. And then we've got the 84 of um, PVL ball. So it may be just a case of that. That's who he is as a super coach player most of the time. Uh, two other names, Adam Dewey, Torhu Harris. So he spoke about Torhu a little bit there. Still a lot of question marks about um, him being scratched on I think if you're trying to make cash that that for me is a pretty easy one you did say the injury is not as serious but just takes the risk out gets you some cash in the bank and with the 30 odd I think in his score he's got a 95 break even so price isn't going anywhere I think Tor who's a safe trade out this week I know we're burning trades but yeah any reason to hold on to him if you just need the cash if you need the cash to make big moves in your side, i.e. Hines, um, I could definitely get around it. If it's just getting rid of him for the sake of it, um, I'd maybe rethink that um, with his flexibility and the buy coverage and that kind of thing. But if you need the cash, um, he's he's definitely an option. And just on Hines, again, I was sort of looking at a couple of things while we were speaking and um, I have a feeling like myself, most people might be carrying Sam Walker as their... Um, their other halfback, and he's got the Eels this round and the Storm next round. If you're holding on to him to keep Hines out for a few weeks, he's got a couple of tough ones. Yep. So, I mean, that's a fair play. It's really a question of who you've got in your halves. If you've got a guy like Katoa, you can flip him quite easily and either move on a 5'8 or a halfback. So you can have that 
utility value, I guess, up your sleeve. But if you're locked in, uh, let's talk about him now. Nathan Cleary. If for whatever reason, the only way you could get to Nico Hines was to bump out Cleary and bring Hines in, would you be doing it? Any reason to not? I mean, the ideal scenario in my eyes is having Cleary and Hines as your halves. But for whatever reason, you can't move them on. And the only one you can get rid of is Cleary. Would you do it? Yes. You've got one who just scored nearly 200 and the other one who's averaging under 57. Yeah, it's been a very slow start to his year. I can't quite work out what the go is. Put Hosking over late for that try and bumped his score up, hit the 45-metre field goal, got another boost there. But besides that, Cleary, surprisingly underwhelming, although we've seen historically can go through these patches and explode. And he's got Canberra this week, who I think, I mean, surely, surely he's putting three figures on. Yeah, Canberra looked real ordinary, so... If there's going to be a week where he bounces back, it's going to be this one, surely. Tyson Gamble put a score on him. Like, it's it's honestly, I don't That's know. The third highest averaging 5'8". Sorry. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's Bronco name. <laughs> name. But no, I'm seeing a lot of uh, a lot of people do it. So Nathan Cleary, popular rage trade out this week. He's got a couple of thousand turfing him, mostly to Hines. So uh, for me, he's, he's one of those guys we... You can ignore any price free fall if you just lock him in as you're um, in your you know, top 25 for the rest of the season, which I'm happy to do. The The title turn, as it will with the, Pan- with the Panthers as a whole. So for me, very much, a, unless you absolutely have to, would not be making this trade this week for mine. But stranger things have happened. Who knows? Canberra holding for 40 and I'll look like an idiot. But anyway, um, anyone else on this sort of trade out target list that we haven't spoken about? Um, nothing too crazy. A lot of it makes sense. Um, top ones, uh, that aren't in my team, at least Heinz, Schuster, Ford, um, Pese's number four, which is a little bit interesting, but everything else seems to line up. Um, two and a half thousand people trading out Isaiah Katoa, interesting. Um, which surely that's a massive jump to get him up to Nico Heinz. So I'm not quite sure what's happening there, but. Um, I think we, we should have a new we should have a new commandment styles here. I don't think this was one, but thou shall not trade out any super coach player who is playing and has price below 250k, maybe even 300k. We saw exactly what happened with Will Warbrick last week. Isaiah Katoa now at half for the next what three months. Just hold these guys. What are you trading them for? Surely you can keep a utility, a dual position, I should say. Isaiah Katoa, in and around your side, eventually the guy's going to kick on and do well, right? Even if you're trading him to Schuster, like that frees up pretty much no cash. And Schuster had like a 20-something last week as yep. well. So, yeah, not not sure what's doing there. No, and if you want Schuster that bad, get him at second row. Like just crazy, yeah. crazy stuff. Um, I did laugh, actually. I was looking at the trade-out list. You got Adam Reynolds there. <laughs> he was for one week, huge trade-in target, got a 20. And now he's playing the Tigers at home and people are trading him out to get Nico Hines in. It's a crazy, crazy uh, round of super coaching. Um, maybe just let's turn our attention away from Hines and look at some other options. We've got a couple down here. Zach Hosking versus Connolly Lemuelo. That's a one that I'm tossing up this week. Uh, any thoughts one way or the other? I think Lemuelo is about 120K cheaper, will move in price this week. Hosking won't because it's his second game. If you were to flip a coin and go one or the other, who are you going? Um, it's a bit tough because they're at different 
positions. So depending on whether you need a, obviously in real life, Lemuel is um, playing edge, but he's centre wing only at the moment, should pick up the duel. Um, all things being equal, I think Hosking uh, is the play, even at the slightly higher price. He's just got that super coach game in him. We saw him absolutely blitz it last week, and I don't think Lemuel has that kind of ceiling in him. Um, however, if it's centre wing you need, or if you really value that um, dual flexibility, um, Lemuelu could be the play. Both have a couple of risks. Um, Hosking might have the ghost of Ghana lingering, but he did nothing to um, walk his way out of a jersey last week. And Lemuelu sort of has Kalfusi uh, suspended, who could be lurking around. Um, so a couple of question marks, but just as a player overall, I think Hosking. But if you need the cash or a different position, Lemuelu could be a go. Um, Number one, uh, Finn's ticket holder, NRL Physio, reckons he might revert to the bench when Calfusi's back, but he'd still play about 60 minutes. So there is that to take into account. Um, what way What way are you leaning, mate? Uh, well, I didn't realise actually Lemuelo until last week was only centre wing uh, or was centre wing only. So as you said, round six, they'll update the, pri- the positioning. So he should get that duel. But yeah, um, I was very keen to turf like a Brent Naden type and get um, get Connolly in, so I'm leaning that way at the moment. But I just really like the way Hosking linked with Cleary last week. And if you think about the attacking potential of either side, you've got Katoa and Milford on one side, and you've got Luai and Cleary on the other. Speaking about Hosking, be Lemuelo. So for the upside, I think as you said, Hosking's got it. But Lemuelo is just doing great stuff, and gives you that extra bit of cash as well to spend elsewhere. So. I don't know, for now, I'm leaning towards Lemuelo for price and uh, the break-even that'll move next week. But Hosking, I think if he's not this week, he's definitely next week for me, pending all the you know, ins and outs of Liam Martin and the like. Uh, the next one that I had on the list, a bit of center wing flavor, uh, Greg Marju, Lockie Miller, and Jackson Bolo, the highest scoring or highest averaging rooster. We spoke about him uh, a little That's bit. Wild. <laughs> yes, I could. Yeah, had to double check that, triple check that. But Polo, the Roosters playing on the right edge, scoring, uh, or is it left edge, scoring a lot of points out there when the Roosters have been a little bit flat. So all these guys, uh, different pros and cons. Do you want to take me through any of that you would be leaning towards? And actually, is there anyone else you want to add to this? Centering. Um, yeah, um, my centre wings are still pretty much just ride the cheapies plus a um, sort of rusted on Val Holmes at the moment. So, mm-hmm. um, but out of the, out of the Marshu Miller and Barlow, um, Marshu's still got the question marks around the security. You've got Dom Young lurking, even though he's clearly out of favour, and Marshu has always had that great super coach game in him. Miller, a lot more expensive, but playing fullback and might be kicking, as you uh, said earlier, um, taking it over last game from Hastings. He definitely looks like the safest and probably highest averaging play. It's just the price that might be a little off-putting. And, yeah, Paolo, he's on the right edge, and the Roosters have had a tendency to go to the right. Um, I remember that famous round where uh, Ikevalu came in and was playing on the right and bagged yeah. about 4,000 uh, tries. So mm. um, they can definitely do that. Um, his averages were a bit shaky last season at the Rabbitohs, but it looks like he's really found that niche out on that right edge for the Roosters. Um, so all have a few question marks. I think I'd probably want to wait a little bit on Marju just to make sure he's there for a couple of weeks um, before bringing him in. 
if you've got the cash, I go Miller. And then you've sort of got that happy medium ground, I guess, of Barlow, who's got that decent ceiling, um, but probably has a few lower games in him than the other two. And minus 34 break even for Barlow. So he's going upwards and will probably be aligned with Miller and, and that. I feel like if I was, this is an absolute luxury trade and I don't have the ability to make it this week, but if you've already got Hines, I would be hugely targeting Lockie Miller. I think, as you said, got like just ticking so many boxes in a dreadful night side. Like it's unreal. It's basically what Ponga should have been doing the last couple of years. But Lockie Miller, new favorite son in Newey and big bounce back game for them last round. Again, another huge chance. But in a, a side that's been going so poorly, the minute they turn it on, uh, he could go ballistic. So, yeah, really like it. Unfortunately, he's going to be one of those names that skyrockets in value. We can't afford him, and we just watch the lucky few that got their teams right for round one. Uh, yeah, just soaking in the glory. Uh, before we get to cheapies and then captains to round out, any other trade-in out that you want to discuss? Oh, I think it all centers around really one man this week, and then the other trade or your boost is uh, what you need to do to get in there. So... Um, I think that's where a lot of the focus and attention will be. And this might be a little bit off topic, but you got me uh, thinking just then around the likes of Miller and that. Does it feel like the cookie cutter teams of early in the preseason that had the likes of Gilbert and Kepi and uh, Miller and all these guys, and then we spoke about all these narratives to not go with them, um, just ended up being the right calls in the first place? <laughs> Mate, honestly, the harder you're trying to get cons and things as to why popular players shouldn't be popular the, the, the stupider you end up looking it's, it's honestly just played less hammer, with you like hammer we all talked yep. ourselves out of hammer and then had to bring him in talked ourselves out of gilbert and he's kicking along and yeah all these fellas i'm looking at now and just going oh they're in everyone's side and then just got narrated out of contention and they were just the right calls in the first place so I'm Brian not sorry, Toto. It's a good call though. Brian Toto was narrated in. I think it was Wilfred's write up in the Mega Guide, actually. So I'm blaming him for that one <laughs> and that all that left edge chat. But anyway, not to be. Uh, cheapy Bubblers. Uh, shout out Todd Carney. But we got a couple here. Uh, <laughs> as you said, what did you call them? The Pese Parte? A yeah. huge one. We've said 200K plays his third game for Jerome Hughes this round. Not sure he might get bumped to a utility role, which would still be good for a couple of price rises but for whatever reason if you held off Heinz this round and you wanted to make it easy to bring him in in a couple of weeks Peze is a huge one with that negative 80 something break even huge Tommy Chester for the cows fullback third game Drinky is back from next week though I think again like like Peze Chester's should fill in either a wing or utility role uh, I'd like to see Jake Granville probably playing Queensland Cup a bit more often than he is, but Chester... So going to say fullback. <laughs> well, he's a man of many positions. Might be prop forward or second row, who knows. But Chester, uh, luxury, I think, a well, not a luxury, but a fullback only, probably one you shouldn't be worrying about. Braden Trindle, uh, not, I guess, a bottom dollar cheapie, but a guy, as we said, Jersey 17, just needs to step on the park to make value. Wouldn't be trading him in, though, but Again, just someone that's uh, hugely low break even. And Brandon Wakeham, uh, third game for the Tigers this year, playing at halves. They named the same spine two weeks in a row, so that's a good sign. Anyone in that tickle your fancy? We do need to downgrade to get to the likes of uh, Nico Hines this week, but any must-have cheapie? 
oh, out of that bunch, uh, the only one I'd probably look at bringing in is Peze. And again, that's a bit of a luxury. And I realized after talking before, people were probably ditching Katoa for Peze, which, um, yeah, probably still isn't the play. Um, Chester, question marks, fullback only, probably a miss. Trindle, if you don't have him now, you definitely wouldn't bring him in. And you'd just be, if you had him, you'd hold him and just hope for a, a one last price rise before he goes into the sunset. Um, Wakeham, would I bring in a halfback at the Tigers? Probably <laughs> not. Um, and the one we didn't mention, um, Josh Schuster on his third game as well. Um, first game really good, but poor base. Second game, poor base and <laughs> not as good. That's, um, I think he'd probably be the one to bring in uh, this round to free up cash either at 5.8 or uh, second row. Second I don't round. really like any of the other ones. It seems around, mate, to use a boost. All I'm hearing, I've used two of them. You've used one. If I did boost, it would be my third, and there's only two to go. I feel like we're rushing into it, but it just seems like a really good round to bring in some low break even guys, guys with good matchups. Like it's very tempting to hit that little rocket button. Yeah, it is. And it's one of those things that you don't know till the end of the season when the right time to use them was. Like, is it around the buy? Is it waiting till you get bulk injuries is it to get in these fellas with low break evens early in the season um and it'll probably change year on year and you won't know till the end so um i don't know if you recall did how many boosts did you have sort of at the pointy end of last season did you burn them all or did you sit on them and then just have to use them because you still had them <laughs> kind of burned through them maybe three of them by about round 10 and then i had two i used one in a bye week and then i had one over the last like five rounds. So I just had one up the sleeve in case and I, I don't think I needed it, but I was doing terribly anyway. But it's like, like you can use, I think it's five trades then in the buy if you use a, a boost then or four. So, I mean, I, I kept one up the sleeve for that. But uh, this mm. round with the scoring or this year with the scoring changes over the buys, um, I actually forget off the top of my head, but isn't there some change now around that? Top 13 players? Yeah, or top 13 regardless of position. So... Um, you could strategically uh, work around that. I know a lot of people didn't like that, um, saying it rewarded the casuals, but I think um, I rarely would have 13 players anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. And of those, like, you you could sort of work it, like, if you have a few maybe low floor but really high upside sort of center wings who you, you could sort of bring in who have good matchups that round, and if they go bad, you'd, don't lose out but if they go massive you get some big scores so there's still a couple of things to do around there so maybe uh, saving some on the topic of boost saving some for them is okay i think we're still at the stage of the season where if there's really significant structural um issues with your side you should be trying to fix them it's still early enough to do that yep um, so not against um boosting early but if you're using your third this week i'd probably try and sit on the remaining two for a little while exactly yeah well i'm eyeing off brian Toto and and booting him out of my side with the boost, but having to waste it on Ben Hunt last week, I'm still still triggered. Anyhow, uh, rounding out with captains, mate, I was just uh, thinking I was locking and loading Turbo and Hines, but I just had a quick look at Reese Walsh. Tigers at Suncorp Stadium, that could be a bloodbath. There's a lot of options here. What are you going? Uh, Turbo, if, you, if you're considering Walsh, um, while it could be a good play, it would be at the expense of Turbo in some capacity. So... Um, I probably wouldn't rate him to outscore Turbo as a VC or C, even though he does have a really good matchup at home. 
Um, I think I'm done overthinking. So um, it'll either be straight C on turbo or VC turbo and C on Heinz. Yeah, I mean, C on Heinz seems a no-brainer. I think if you're not on him and you're potting for some reason, it's a higher risk, <laughs> potentially low-reward play. But, yeah, we'll see. I think going with the crowd, it'll make it a such easier watch this time around. So looking forward to my mental health being okay right up until about landing at 8.30 and just picking <laughs> the, the score on Sunday. But anyway, all good. Great to chat to you, Styles. We're glad to hear you on the mend, uh, not too far away from Magic Round, as we said. So you'll be up in Brisbane uh, yeah, meeting all the fans, the many, many thousands who rely on your mail. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you. I hope your super coach turns around. And uh, I won't get you to sing, but any final words of wisdom or a dad joke, potentially? I think I've left it all on the field, mate. Um, <laughs> all the all the puns were coming out early. So, um Probably the advice would just be it's still only round five out of 27. So even if you're absolutely reeling and feeling a bit down in the dumps that you didn't have Heinz last week, there's still plenty of season to go. So um, bring him in this week or after the buy and uh, try and make up ground elsewhere. And this is a one-time only offer, mate, actually. I'm reneging on the uh, the no singing. If you want to sing the might that Broncos friggin' theme song to close us out, you're more than <laughs> welcome to. So any thought? Three? Two. <laughs> I was thinking that the We Are the Broncos one. That's garbage. Oh, lovely. Love to see it. All right, mate. Catch you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 